0: Hey, you're tuned in to the First Issue Club podcast. This week, we're covering Dark Red out on Aftershock and Spider-Man Life Story on Marvel. This is a podcast where we cover first issues. And uh, guess what we do with our comics? We read them. Some people don't, but we do. We enjoy the number ones. They're a great time to dive in, and you should dive in with us. We got a lot of really cool books uh, this week, so it's been a fun week, a fun little spring. As the flowers are starting to bloom, so are the comic books, and so are our minds. This week in the club, we have me, Budget King, we got Greg, and we got Mike D. We're not going to have Caitlin, which is a damn shame for all of us, and for you, but we'll survive. We always do.
1: (laughs) Three of the four ain't bad. (laughs) So now only books can get three stars this week Yeah If we rate them They can only be three star books, yeah
2: A flaw in the system
0: Mike, uh, hit us with uh, some comic book newsage
2: Well, I think the big story this week New York Times did an article about a new publisher coming out AWA Some big names attached to it One of the interesting things that I was thinking Was that there's tons of publishers What needs to be different about a publisher Or to the model of publishing To make someone stick around?
1: I don't know. I mean, I like that there are different publishers, so different artists and writers have different choices. Like, let's say your story gets rejected at DC or Marvel or Image. Now you have these smaller publishers you can go to. You may not get as much money, but at least your story will get out, you'll have experience,
2: and and so on. And it's kind of about the incentives that each of those publishers offers you. Right, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that this new publisher is doing a little bit differently. They have half their foot in the door of the Marvel DC model of doing an entirely expanded universe that crosses over between comics. But they also want to do the image, create-our-own, standalone series thing, too, which could be confusing.
0: It seems like new publishers these days, um, like Scout or Antarctic, are kind of gunning for anything they can get that's going to go straight to script or to sell the intellectual property. Yeah, And that to me is like, it's fun as a collector, but it's not necessarily fun as a reader reading a bunch of series that they're kind of like, well, we're just going to shotgun blast it until we get something that goes to like a movie script right, or whatever. I kind of like to think about publishers like I would record labels. I kind of want to know them for their thing mm-hmm. and like understand like what kind of quote unquote genre they're putting out there. Aftershock's like a really good example of a publisher reading a book from them this week where I kind of get the feel of what they're going for and I get like punk rocky independentness of the type of stuff that they're doing. They do animosity
1: mm-hmm. as well. Dark arc and baby teeth. So they're kind of like the horror indie punk rock. I hope Black Crown doesn't hear us say that because their <laughs> whole goddamn look is punk
0: rock. Yeah. But then like When we get into like other kind of publishers and stuff, it's a little bit hard for me to name what they are. Um, Like Scout, I couldn't tell you what they are except for just trying to hawk intellectual property.
2: A lot of publishers do kind of maintain their own identity and that's what draws the fan base to them. Maybe there's a reason that no one has eclipsed Marvel or DC or come anywhere close because those have just been established since the what, 40s and 60s? Yep. They made a good point in the article about discussing where Marvel and DC are coming from. These 40s comics and the characters are very patriotic-seeming. You know, it was wartime. And then in the 60s, Marvel started doing all their stories, and it was very anti-establishment because of the culture at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's been 50, 60, 70 years since some of these stories were told. Who's speaking to our generation now and who's telling those superhero stories that connect with us really marvel is doing that i think anyway and to me it kind of seems like there's a lot of people trying to replicate what marvel's doing and to the point that budget king made earlier i i think it's bad news to just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks
0: yeah i mean i even appreciate like boom Spreading their wings into Boombox and like doing a whole teen series. This, I guess, just to go to straight AWA, them just being like, we're going to do a little bit of the Valiant thing, we're going to do a little bit of the independent thing, and we're going to kind of have it all. I think it's a great business model because indie books with low print runs are selling
1: like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Do hotcakes actually sell that well? <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I had a hotcake, and I don't really know what the price is. Yeah. If they're ma- priced to sell, it would make sense that they would sell quickly. Yeah.
0: The f- the phrase should maybe be like selling like LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, those are selling like LaCroix. And I, I can understand the business model of why they would well, do it. As a I, fan, it's not that exciting. Well,
2: I, I would say that the mission statement is very cool. A W A stands for Artists, Writers, and Artisans. That oh, they want to yeah. have like a connected universe and empower the creators to own things while still being able to be part of a connected universe. You know what I mean? That like if I if I want to benefit off of the Marvel universe and create a new character that Marvel's going to make a fuck ton of money out of, right? And then I get paid for writing one comic book. That sucks. So there's something to be said about still retaining some it rights. Does, it
0: does suck because Kelly Sue DeConnick. Essentially, launched what was Captain Marvel. Yeah, she was a big part of that. That comic book was really what got. And then she's gonna see close to I I don't know if nothing is the word, but like not a lot from that. As if she would if they had picked up like um, some of her other independent stuff.
2: Yep, I I think it's really hard to start up a new universe of characters and have people buy in, knowing that what you're trying to do is create some movies and create this huge universe or like mega comic book machine. That's a tough entry point for me.
1: Well, and I'm I'm a little apprehensive because I did read the article that you texted us, and one of the main people behind the scenes of AWA is the guy who facilitated the Mark Millar Netflix deal. Yes. So that kind of seems a little bit of Wizard of Oz-ish to me. You know what I mean? Like, don't look behind the screen here. We're just making comic books, but really, we're hoping these take off and turn into shows and movies.
2: Yep. But that's where the money's at, right? Yeah, and that, that, I, I mean I kind of can't blame a creator for wanting to take their cherished precious idea that they've withheld from these other pubs and saying this is the place I'm going to do it because but that, they've got the connections and I've got the shot here.
0: And I think that that's where the money's at, yep. but as a fan don't expect me to be super excited about Kay. that. Like
2: it is, seems less sincere to you as a reader. Right, I'll just watch
1: the show at that point. Yeah. The reason that these movie, these comic book movies are doing so well is because people fell in love with the characters from the comic books first. They built a fan base around that, and they wanted to eventually see them on the big screen, and it happened, and that's why it was so cool. Because we made up these stories in our minds and how things would go mm-hmm. to like build a business around this idea that we want to be a movie. Let's see if it works as a comic book and people like it, and then we'll go from there. It just seems a little disingenuous.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It makes me about as excited
0: as if somebody was like, I'm going to... Make a new uh, Walgreens, CVS, Dwayne Reed, but uh, we're gonna just have more candy. <laughs> <laughs> so you're Mr. Bulky's at that point, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like we're not really inventing on the model; we're just kind of doing what we're a little bit of everything that works. <laughs>
1: yeah. So. Well. In the same vein of small publishers that just came out, remember when we were talking about Second Coming, the book about uh, Jesus coming back to Earth? Right. That did get picked up by a new publisher called Ahoy. So if you guys really want to look into that story that DC passed up because a lot of people were upset about it, look for it on Ahoy. They're not paying us to say that. I'm just... (laughs) I really want to see this fucking book now, and the guerrilla marketing on this has
2: worked. Another new publisher, TKO. Have you guys heard of them? Yeah, I was going to bring up TKO. Part of the deal is that's making them buzzworthy is that they're releasing things in mass, so you can binge read. So I think there's still going to be individual books.
1: Yeah, uh, it's the true Netflix of comic books. Yeah,
2: exactly. So they're (laughs) trying to go after that model, right? But I think their deal is that they're going to do first issues for free.
1: Yeah, so the first issues you can read online for free. It's okay, it's online. Yeah. All and right. then, so let's say it's like a five or six issue miniseries. Mm-hmm. You can buy all of them at once. Okay. Or if you want, you can also buy them in a trade paperback if you so don't like the individual issue,
2: which I, I honestly really like. You know what? It's uh, depending on the type of reader you are, it either makes a lot of sense to read things serialized month to month, or it's just the worst way to read a comic book. Right. We, I, for example, read way too many comic books. <laughs> to keep my bearing month to month. Mm-hmm. It's like very difficult. Right. And the little synopsises at the top of my Marvels and DCs that recap me mm-hmm. are a, my saving grace, but still are not enough for me to like realize what the hell was happening when I last left off with this group of characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to Doomsday Clock. There's only so many books that I can like really stay with and be super interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank, thank you for calling out Doomsday Clock <laughs> for that. Two months <laughs> apart and just so convoluted and ridiculous there's right. so many things going on that i'm just like what is this book about anymore and that's, i need to go back and read it that's all. what
0: i love when somebody's gonna be disruptive to the publisher like entity like we had brought up um what was the publisher that we gave number five of overall alterna alterna yeah so like alterna is disruptive in that they're printing on newsprint and that they like do they're cheap yeah the cheap cheap stuff I guess. Let's get this podcast started. Okay, the first book that we got is Dark Red out on Aftershock by Tim Seeley and Corin Howell. Greg, what's this book about?
1: Okay, uh, well, I'm going to read Caitlyn's notes because she's not here, <laughs> and she usually reads them, so please forgive me if I'm stuttering when I read these. The Forgotten Man. Chip is a good old boy vampire who's locked onto the jackpot. Evie, a human who makes too much blood. However, his potentially backwater ideals aren't really what she's about. He ends up encountering another leading lady claiming to be the savior of all vampires, and who has, of course, evolved beyond clothes. She's uh, so good at those Caitlin's fucking things. Caitlin's great at these. <laughs> she is good at that. Yeah. So good. I liked her
0: voluptuous uh, nature of evolving behind, behind clothes, though. <laughs> of course. We got a vampire here that wants to stay in middle America and is uh, fed up with metropolises.
2: What, is, is he, like, coming at a political angle
0: from that? I think this comic book kind of wants to sell itself. On a political angle is a lot of things that we read on yeah but i think in the narrative he's just kind of like a depressed disillusioned vampire who's found his little plot
2: yeah and he's just like yeah fuck leaving i'm comfortable here i was trying to get the read on like some sort of logistics for it like it's easier for us to blend in here as like mm-hmm. superstitious creatures but he kind of seemed like a good old boy who was just like nah city folk are bullshit this is real america Which was just strange coming from, like, a hipster vampire. Who gets ridiculed for being weird hipster in the beginning of the In the beginning of the book, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I love that he's singing Little Pump to calm himself down from not burning alive.
2: We can assume that maybe he's been alive for... Generations. Generations, and he's trying to work Gucci into his vocabulary. It's like, oh, that's so Gucci.
1: Yeah,
0: the lexicon of the time. Yep. I was a big (laughs) fan of True Blood, the show. Okay, did either of you guys watch that? I did not. I unfortunately did not. It's the South. I guess it's Louisiana vampires who mm-hmm. are happy to be in Louisiana. There are also uh, werewolves there. Of course. And they, like, own their own region and stuff. I mean, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same, but kind of odd that it's, like, uh, somewhat similar. Do you think that this book screams original?
1: For me, yeah, because I haven't seen that particular take on it. But it seems like normally when you get a vampire story, it's Victorian-esque man who is very prim and and proper and loves the finer things in life and is uh, kind of wise because he's been alive for so many generations. Mm-hmm. Here we get this 22-year-old kid who is just working at a gas station at the night shift and he goes back to his trailer and that's like, that's his life. He watches TV and he's just kind of, yeah. in my opinion, spoiling his immortality. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But on the same breath, I would probably be doing the same fucking thing. Just playing video games. Fuck yeah. Out.
2: Yeah. I'm having so many thoughts at one time. I'm gonna try to work through them all. <laughs> he's got a job, at a little gas station, gas mart. Yeah. Why does he need that job?
1: I don't know. I guess he has to get money somehow. If he's a for poor...
2: what he's immortal.
0: Well, I mean, he still has to pay for his like his RV, right? Yeah, yeah. electricity. You, you don't just. Walk into an RV shop and say, I'm immortal. And they're like, oh, here's the free
1: RVs. All right. Maybe this is <laughs> maybe this is the greatest comic ever because it's actually tackling poverty and vampires. That's a good point. Okay,
2: so one of the interesting things that I was going to point out about this is that I've said before on several of our podcasts that I'm always interested in the things that take a look at middle America mm-hmm. as a culture. This one, I think, is too on the nose that suffers from the lack of subtlety of okay. putting it in a midwestern or southern sort of location. Any I,
0: thoughts on that? I think case in point, the cover of this has like a bunch of MAGA hats on it. And Marilyn Manson? Uh, the dude
1: looks like fucking Marilyn Manson. Uh, okay, I was like, damn.
2: Um, I was waiting for this to make its play in the s- store the entire time. Like with a cover as striking as this with all of this like mm-hmm. MAGA, fake news, stop white genocide, uh, lock her up. Where was that theme within the comic? It, and it
0: was also in the description too, and it was did, it? Yeah, it didn't completely pop for me. any the description of this comic was fucking awesome, by the way. Was if it? you just read it in previews,
1: like it, it was a an instant pick for me. Yeah, well, and maybe I, it's just a lead up to it. Yeah, because you, I, I kind of get this feeling that Chip is kind of stuck in his ways, and he may not be outwardly alt right or conservative, but. The things he says about how this is my land, you can't take it from me, like, why would you want to go to the big city, this is real America, it's a subtle chant that these conservatives alt-right have been kind of murmuring the entire time of how just, like, America was better back when it was smaller communities and, you know, you knew your neighbors. But but he's not
0: alt-right. He's, like, conflicted somewhere in between, which could make for a really interesting story. If you
2: make him an alt-right vampire, oh, Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm so interested in reading that or where it goes. Right. Me too.
1: I mean, uh, he's not explicitly alt right, but, but like he's not wearing a fucking Fred Perry polo or carrying around <laughs> a goddamn tiki torch. It's he's, not that blatant. He's a Republican. He's I think he's conflicted a subconscious because Republican. It, I think this also takes place in the South, right? Yeah. I think that's just the nature of southern states my understanding is that most vampires end up being republican like the older they get <laughs> well i think we all know the older you get the more republican you get so he's probably on a level of republican that we haven't even reached yeah he's yet. like next level he's like dick cheney yeah he's, he's like he's like hitler republican <laughs> is Cheney a vampire <laughs> he fucking might be that dude is alive and well and drinks blood oh god he is a vampire so there's some werewolves that make it on
0: the scene what where are those not werewolves? I mean, there's some naked people walking in the day that
1: tear people apart. I assumed they were werewolves. I think those are just vampires now who can walk amongst the light. Okay, possibly. Correct. Will 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 werewolves show up? More than likely. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. They, Ready. they, uh,
0: they smell her vagina and decide that she can't be eaten. I think
1: they smell her womb. Like what? Maybe they know that. Okay. Or. You're talking about the hunters. Yes. So there, there's a hunting scenario where this man and wife are looking for a deer that they shot, and they run into these cloaked in darkness people. They kill the husband. They chop his head off real quick, and then they do smell the woman in her um, private region, in her in her womb area, and he says, "So beautiful, but so disappointing." Yes. So does she just have a like an unclean? She has like a yeast infection, or maybe she can't bear children. I don't know. Or is she not a virgin? I don't. Do vampires care if you're a virgin or not?
0: Isn't it like the sweeter? It, it's like kind of the caviar of blood. Oh my I god! Please go into that
1: conversation. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> the caviar of blood. That is a new shirt.
2: <laughs> Virgins have the caviar. You were the one I was going to be a
0: fucking nurse for your occupation.
1: Yeah, but he's not out going around
0: sniffing wombs. He didn't know anything about the caviar of blood.
2: I just I just wasn't prepared for this conversation because I missed him sniffing her. Oh, okay. So now that we're talking about virgin blood and it being caviar, I, <laughs> I just got to shake it off a little
1: bit. Well, we can move past it then because I don't know what that is supposed to be inferring. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. Same. You can see what he's doing and you can read what he's saying, but what's the meaning behind it? Fuck if I know. Republican Vampire seems like a good idea for a comic book. Yeah. Um, Also, I didn't know that it was a medical condition to produce too much blood. I wasn't aware of that condition either, but she does link it to like that she
0: could have blood clots, which then kind of made it seem realistic. Say the name of the disease. Maybe somebody listening to this podcast can verify Um, for us.
1: Too much a bloody a <laughs> uh,
2: too much a <much-a-bloody-a. laughs> Oh, is she
1: Italian? <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Polysynthemia Vera. I can't say medical words, and how dare you make me say it right now? <laughs> That's the no disease. Somebody tell us, because we will we'll be
0: goddamned if we Google it. <laughs> there's too many letters. Too many like when there's that many consonants right up next to each other. I can't put that in my
1: phone. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did think that was a pretty unique relationship that they had. It is. They're not like in love yet. <laughs> They're just friends with benefits
0: and not the sexual kind Well, no. I think
2: one of the interesting things is they've got some political differences between them mm-hmm. Yeah So they've they to... got this symbiotic relationship but are at odds So very interesting dynamics I'm, I'm
0: not a fan of the coast. does that make me a Republican? You're not no. a fan of the coast? The coasts? Like I don't really like New York or LA Why? Not? And yet you <laughs> lived in one of them And I didn't like it How long were you there? Uh, three and a half years You liked it long enough um, no. Just blanket statements about a whole area of the country. Large areas. I like visiting those areas, but I don't want to, like... I'm like this guy. I want to live in the Midwest. You a vampire? I might be. <laughs> I'm more so asking, I, does that make me Republican? No.
2: That just makes me happy. Content. Are you saying that his only thing was just that he didn't want to live in a big city?
0: I don't think he has any other Republican traits besides not wanting to live in a big
1: city. Okay. I think, but... The, I think it will fuck up his life if she moves. He'll have to start hunting blood. He'll more. have to get eat more people, which is why most vampires live in a city, don't you think? More options? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the variety of life. Diversity <laughs> is the spice of life. More caviar blood, you know, <laughs> just drink it by the gallon. Yeah.
2: Last thing I thought the icicle daggers were dope. Yeah. Oh yeah, she had like holy water that they would froze that they'd froze into like icicles, and then she the one vampire wore gloves so she wouldn't touch the holy water, and then started stabbing other vampires with it. That, Ingenious that, weapon. That yeah. was really
1: smart. Yeah, well, these are like vampire groupies. <laughs> they like do all the dirty work for all the vampires out there. So they're kind of like the evil, dumb henchmen of the king vampire.
2: Yeah, they've got like full-grown gnarly teeth instead of just like the normal fangs. Yeah, and like big old mouths, they're weird looking. So at least we know that there's some fucked up creator that's really thought about vampires (laughs) and how there are different tiers of them and the different weapons and ways they could kill each other. Yeah,
0: Yeah. this comic book has definitely some interesting uh, tentacles. What? <laughs> it has a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, rabbit holes, like some like different like routes you could go down. Okay, yeah, and kind of explore. Um, so I'm excited to see where those things go. The story's got good tentacles. Tentacles, you got tentacles wrapped <laughs> around me. next book we have is Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley. Take us back to the a simpler time, the 1960s, Mike. What happened in this book?
2: Well, I think that the whole premise of this book is super interesting, and I love Chip Zdarsky. I think he's a very entertaining writer, so I'm very interested to see where this goes. The whole concept is what if Spider-Man aged in real time? So we're taking a look decade to decade at his life and how real-life repercussions could change his storyline. In this first book, we saw some decisions being made with some more permanence in relation to, like, Norman Osborn and some big villains and him moving on to different things in his life Mm -hmm. because you, you can't treat anything with a certain finality when a character stays like, 25 years old for 60 years. Right. So it's just taking a look at this decade and how it would have changed Peter Parker's life and how it might have unfolded more realistically. One of the most interesting things to me with this was how they worked Vietnam into the narrative. In the draft, yeah. Yes, right, exactly. Did Peter ever
1: tackle that situation in the like original Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah,
2: I, you know what? I can't say that I remember it necessarily being a point, plot point of a major story arc. Right. But Marvel's well known for taking on current ideologies, wars, and yeah. things like that in their comics and addressing those. But I don't, I don't remember I think him I, going overseas or getting drafted. That's what or I was going to say, I, I think drafted. we to
0: be pretty
1: safe. Assume that he didn't go to Vietnam, right, and, and it, get, get it drafted. It, and it mentions in the in the comic that he's in college, so that means he doesn't get drafted. Because if you were in college, you um, didn't have to go, yeah, serve in Vietnam. But I thought that um, one of the one of the things, or, or makes, if you have uh, heel spurs, is that another thing that keeps. If yeah, flat footed. If you have, if yeah. you have asthma. I've yeah. looked I've looked them all up just to make sure if there ever, ever is a draft, I would be skipped right over. <laughs> and if they listen to five minutes of this podcast, they will realize that we don't want that guy with a gun. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fucking dork is on un- the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no
1: dorks. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, so one of the themes that this went over was Peter Parker is struggling with wanting to maybe go to Vietnam because he has these special powers. Yeah. And so he was wondering, could he do more good over there fighting in Vietnam than what he was doing in um, New York at the time?
2: It's a great moral conundrum, isn't it? If there's an American war effort and he can save lives, be it Americans or Vietnamese lives. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't he? That
0: is a really, one. like, I thought one of the best writing of this comic book, which this comic book was written, like, really well yeah was he's going after flash for uh flash thompson yeah flash thompson and he's kind of making fun of him for essentially joining the war at least he's just getting some digs in him before he leaves yep and and gwyn says to him hey he could die like go over there and apologize to him like don't make those your last words to him you know they kind of make up and he says the reason i'm going is because i know spider-man would go i was like oh man that is such good writing. Like, yeah. so, like, <laughs> like it cuts, and it's also, like, that is the thing. If I'm going to believe that Spider-Man's actually going to go to war, that's the conversation he needs to have to be able to actually, like, bring himself to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such good writing.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that Flash kind of lets Peter off the hook a little bit in the conversation they have, because he's like, well, wouldn't Spider-Man have gone already? I mean, he's not there. And he was like, yeah, he's too busy saving our asses, like, stateside. Yeah. He's got responsibilities to fill here. They brought, they roped Captain America into the story. Yeah. And I'm like, whoo, spin off that storyline. Dude, the way that ended with Captain America, holy shit. Like, I don't think there's room for more of that where this book goes with its next issue because the next one's going to be 70s. Correct. 80s, 80s. 90s. You're going to have so much to tackle with Peter Parker. But I mean, oh, if they miniseries Captain America going to Vietnam, fighting for the Vietnamese people... And saying that yeah. you know we uh, shouldn't we shouldn't be killing these people, so I'm just going to try to stop deaths on both sides. Like he appears to be like a traitor to
1: it, that storyline
2: was a incredible because
1: Captain America talks about in the comic how he was frozen during World War II. Yeah, woke up and there's just another war happening. He thought that we would evolve above mm-hmm. w- wars, and he's just like Jesus Christ. I can't win. I just want to help people, and <laughs> everyone's just fucking killing each yeah. other. Um, I may have to turn in my nerd card after this because I'm not really too seasoned with Spider-Man. Yep. Backstory. Does Gwen Stacy know he's Spider-Man? No. Because so, in this comic, that changes everything.
2: Part part of what cascades out of this, I think, is that Norman has gone off to prison. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be free to kill Gwen Stacy. Very true. And so she ultimately then finds out that he's Spider-Man. Yes. So a lot Very of true, a lot of things happening there.
1: I think it opens the door for Peter and Mary Jane to never be together. Be together. Mm-hmm. So okay. this is now creating alternate universe, right? Which is fucking awesome. Totally. And we're gonna get old man Spider Man by nineteen ninety. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: right. <laughs> like yeah, by by the time uh, Glenn and Peter are hitting the nineties, what they're gonna be like fifty.
1: Yeah, if he's nineteen now in the sixties, we're gonna have like
2: a whole family. Of, Yeah. Kids and and be sending them
1: off to college. I imagine they'll have to do, like, a Batman
0: Beyond thing, too, where he's, like, doing... He has, like, a predecessor? Yeah, the tutelage of, like... Holy fuck, that would be so awesome. Yeah, of, like, a maybe maybe Miles Morales, like, type of, like, scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, it opens the door to a lot of things where this series could go, and it's kind of really intriguing. I think my only criticism about this book is,
0: like, we didn't need another Spider-Man, like, alternative universe book this week alone... They also launched a video game tie-in series. Oh, which
2: they called Gamerverse. And I was like, no. (laughs) Which had six covers. That's ridiculous. Marvel,
1: I've said it once and I'll (laughs) say it again. Stop it. But then they had just
0: gotten done with their Spider-Verse stuff. Right, is that wrapped up? Spider Verse is wrapped up yep. as much as they can wrap it up. <laughs> it's and done, then so. uh, the bow's messy, but goddamn it, there's a yeah. bow. Venom Verse is done. Venom Verse is done, but Venom's still going strong. There's still a, oh, handful, yeah. a handful of, and there's a uh, Spider Man's uh, na- friendly neighborhood thing going on too. Yep. Superior Spider Man. Yeah. Ghost of Gwen.
1: Uh, <laughs> Ghost Spider. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Ghost of Gwen. <laughs> Whatever it was.
2: <laughs> These are all, I, in my opinion, and. I'm biased because I'm a (laughs) Spider-Man fan, but these are all things that can be told in their own right, I think. Yeah, of course. And this one is just such a unique little one-off and not like, here's, we're venturing off into, like, amazing Spider-Man world or we're Mm -hmm. venturing off into the ultimate Mm -hmm. Spider-Man universe. This is just, like, such a unique idea of a character aging in real time and what would have happened. And so I think it merits its own. And I think they picked the right arc. character to do it. And the right writer to do it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then this cover was amazing. Yeah. Very iconic.
1: I think he did the covers, right? He's doing the main covers, yeah. Yeah.
2: This cover is gorgeous.
1: Did he? Wow. Dude's a Dude is a threat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. But I was gonna say if this is successful as we think it's gonna be, yeah. I can see Captain America 70s, yeah. Punisher 70s, like I can mm. see other Marvel superheroes kind of Cosmic Doing Ghost, Ghost, Ghost. Rider 70s. <laughs> it's just Frank Castle, baby.
2: Well, I guess you probably couldn't do Captain America because... <laughs> now I'm getting really nerdy. Oh, Captain America 30s, it's just him and ice? <laughs> every panel, every page. Oh, yeah,
1: that's like Greg's dream of <laughs> Oh, <it>. my <laughs> God, that would be so funny, though.
2: <laughs> but he's the the serum keeps him young.
0: He may not physically age, but the world around him ages, and he has to deal with it. Oh hell yeah! Like man. a vampire, like a Republican vampire. Holy fuck! <laughs> when uh, Mike D selected this book, I was like, "You're selecting the fucking period piece book for <laughs> us to cover." Uh, had to buy it digitally because I didn't even pick oh, it up. Oh no! Um, but I am. I'm gonna buy it, and I almost bought it for the cover. Um, and this is a new thing that I'm doing. I'm not buying anymore. Comics just for covers anymore. Yeah. If I don't read them, I'm not buying them, uh, which everybody should do. I don't know why I got down this rabbit hole of buying things just for like covers. Uh, the internet. <laughs> but so then I skipped this one because I was like, the cover is amazing, but I just don't. I'm not going to do it. But I. This is this is a great comic book. What a review! Endorsed. Mm-hmm. That does it for this week. You, uh, the team, first issue club is heading out to uh, C2E2 via train tomorrow. By
1: the time this
2: episode the rails. comes out, we'll have C2 Etude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll
1: be probably pretty uh, annoyed with us over every social media <laughs> outlet cuz we are going to bombard you <laughs> yeah. with bullshit for okay. the next 2 days. And then we skid right into Planet Comic-Con. Oh, that's going to be a fire. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's going to be a
2: fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll still have time to come to that once you hear this. It'll be Saturday at 5:30. Saturday is that right? at 5:30. Yep. They gave us an hour. Who knows if we can last an hour? Oh, we got... They, I think they we'll should. have any
0: problem <laughs> they should have given an us, hour. They should
1: have given us three hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm surprised they didn't put us that. on the main stage with mm-hmm. uh, cameras and everything mm-hmm. next year. Yep. When we get huge. Huge by... You mean like big? Not like we're going to oh, go over. I'm going to gain a ton of weight okay, and then yeah. we're going to be on TV. Here's a little thing uh, for everyone listening. If you ever have a Comic-Con coming to you and you want to, I don't know, do a panel, you can just email them... And they'll give you one. That's what I... I just emailed them and kind of told them what we were going to do. And they'll give you an hour to do whatever you want. And yeah. people will come watch you do that thing. <laughs> could—that That be, is the state we're at now with Comic-Cons. Like, we could, they we we want could, anybody. We could be uh, YouTubers recruiting for ISIS and they wouldn't know. <laughs> we, oh, my God. We truly could. Like, we could have fucking uh, uh, women juggling fire. But if we tell them that it's going to be entertainment for children, they'll be like, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, you're in ch- children. You're in room two two four next to the cosplay workshop." There's also the panel of like illustrators should be listed first before authors. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> riveting. Yeah. <laughs> that's why actors are usually listed before directors. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the battle I want to fight. <laughs> oh God. Um, yep, that does it for this uh, week's comic book uh, podcast, first issue club work uh, out
1: a comic book podcast. I said it there. Said it you, said it, uh, you said it at the top of the hour, in the middle of the hour, and right now. I don't think they've forgotten who they're listening to. <laughs> well, you know, it's
0: important to...
1: Uh, Branding, I know. Yeah, yeah to drop the, uh, the uh, podcast ID.
0: They might have thought that they were listening to uh, some cucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think they figured that out many episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Bye!
0: This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are
2: recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue
0: Club, F-I-R-S-T. You pop? Pop or soda guy? Um, soda. You're a soda guy? Yeah. Get your ass to the L.A. Is that, is that is that what they say in L.A.? Well, anywhere, but here is pop, bitch. Oh, okay.